presented by 444.com. I'm Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always, Connor Allen. What's going on, buddy? Not too much, man. Another great Wednesday to talk ball here as we lead up to the season. Um, Today we'll be breaking down the AFC West, and I'm pumped to have our guest on today. I think it should be a good show. Yeah, we got a good one today. I'm excited. We got a little thing to talk about, a little news for us at 4 for 4 that we've released, but also really excited about our guest. Uh, Just basically as plugged in as you get in the NFL. Uh, Broncos insider brought him on. He's going to be able to go long here in the AFC West. It's Benjamin Albright. Follow him on Twitter at Albright NFL. Benjamin, what's going on, man? Looks like we're in the kitchen. What are we? Uh, what are we cooking up today? I'm uh, making some street tacos, so I apologize uh, as, I'm, as I'm cooking and doing this. Uh, if, if people will bear with me, but uh, yeah, I'm making a little bit of street tacos here. Doesn't get any better than that. I can't smell it, so I won't be mad that I don't get to, to dive in. But I know there's already a pineapple appearance. I think we're going off the you're going off the beaten path a little bit. These are not chalk tacos. These are uh, these are a little bit more elaborate. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit more to it. Respect it. Uh, other thing we're super excited to talk about here at 4 for 4 this week is uh, the release of our brand new player prop tool. You know, we talk often about just trying to find plus EV lines, making sure that we are, are getting our money down good. Uh, and sides and totals are really hard to beat consistently, right? You got you to gotta either beat the closing line often, um, get some line movement in your favor. And even then... It's a tough game. Props are exploitable, and it works really well from the fantasy game. And year in and year out, our player projections here at 444, John Paulson is just a stud. Uh, Competitions for a decade, and he is consistently in the top five. We are now leveraging those props with a player prop tool that Connor's going to tell you a little bit about. I'm going to show you a little bit today, too. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, it scrapes all the player props from every domestic sports book, uh, helps you find the best value based on our modeling, uh, and it automatically finds the best line for each player and compares it to our projections. So, you know, you're not going to see 10 lines that are all the same, and it's not going to show you uh, three and a half receptions when, you know, over three reception uh, exists out there. So, I mean, the biggest thing here is it's going to save you time. It's like the biggest user-friendly player prop tool, I think, in the industry, and it's free for the weekend over at 4 for 4 and will be a part of our betting package. Um, we're pretty stoked about it, and we'll show it throughout the show here you know, when uh, applicable. Yeah, the betting package is going to get you everything that we have at 4 for 4 uh, All the betting content, DFS, season-long, best ball, anything you're doing in football. I'm still grinding out golf content. NBA ended yesterday, but we're really excited to really hit the ground running with what we do best. And um, Again, that's why we're trying to bring the best guests for you today. I'm super excited to talk NFC West. Uh, with Mr. Albright here. So uh, non-divisional schedule for the AFC West this year, AFC North and the NFC East. We know the chalk at the top, uh, Chiefs minus 250 to win this division. Chargers a little bit behind, getting a plus number at plus 250. Broncos at plus 550, Raiders hanging way back at 20 to 1. Those are all courtesy of DraftKings. That's the uh, best of the number that we can find out there right now. We'll start with the Chiefs, 10 and a, or 12 and a half is basically the number everywhere across the board. You lay a thousand on them to make the playoffs. Uh, no is six to one, uh, five to one to win the whole thing, and uh, plus two sixty is the best number to win the AFC over at FanDuel. So, a um, little tough schedule to start for the Bronco or for the Chiefs, but I mean it's the Chiefs at the end of the day. Um, obviously, Cleveland starts, then at Baltimore and the Chargers. Uh, they get Philly in the middle there, and then Buffalo and Washington, and then it gets really easy for the Chiefs from there on out. So. Uh, basically, it looks like with the Pats uh, post-Brady, year after year, New England was just 
it was basically the AFC Championship game was the Patriots Invitational. It feels like that's going to be the case with the Chiefs here under Mahomes. Um, talk to me a little bit about the Chiefs and what you think is going to happen. A little bit of Super Bowl hangover, uh, Benjamin. What do you think about the Chiefs this year? I still think they're a mortal lock to win the division, uh, but I think there is going to be a bit of a hangover, and I do believe that uh, the under is of that twelve and a half is the number to bet. If you look, it's the one that's juiced up too. You you know you uh, you're laying more on the uh, on the under there than you are on the over at most books right now. Um, I, and and part of that is um, you know the natural progression of the, you know the team going on. Part of that I think is the blueprint got put out there last year. Um, you know, when, when they, if you look at the second Broncos game, Big Fangio kind of figured out the bend don't break, uh, using that quarters match defense. And it's the same, it's the exact same defense that Todd Bowles, uh, used in the Super Bowl. The, um, it, it was interesting because the Bucks were a man team up until that point, And then they basically went quarters match for the Super Bowl and we saw how it worked. Um, and so the blueprint is now out there. And interestingly enough, the Chargers went and hired Brandon Staley, a Big Fangio disciple to integrate that defense as well. Um, so, uh, you know, as far as the Chiefs go, I still think they're a mortal lock to win the division, but I'm taking the under on that 12 and a half, and I'm hammering it. I like it. Yeah, you know what? This defense is poor. Like, they, you know, kind of pieced it together last year. Obviously, when you get advantageous game script, things work in your favor. They're terrible against the run. Um, I feel like if they are up against a really strong offense this year, we're going to be leaning over on them because their defense is going to be really problematic. Uh, not a lot up front. In the secondary, I mean, Snead popped a little bit last year, but the corners are pretty weak. They lost a little bit of depth. Rashad Breeland moved on. Uh, Connor, talk to me about the Chiefs and what you think as far as uh, that 12.5 or anything else you like on them. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much to take on the win total, but I do like that they bolstered their offensive line uh, as well, and they added a few pieces there because I think that was also apparent in the Super Bowl too. Like Mahomes is under pressure pretty constantly um, there when he wasn't able to find the quick reads. Uh, it's a great call about the the man versus the quarters match as well. I mean, Tyreek Hill just like absolutely dismantled the Bucks secondary when they played prior uh, in the season, and you know that was obviously changed very quickly. Um, but in terms of this, like I'm not betting on the Chiefs to win the division just because or really even like a Mahomes MVP or a Chiefs Super Bowl, just because personally, that's just like not how I like to spend my money. I don't like to put my money in terms of, uh, you know, like large field markets and betting on the chalk just because it's a long-term hold. And you're only like, I think that they are the best team in the league. I think that, or they're close and they're, you know, top three team and they deserve to be favorites. But do I really want to put, you know, hundred thousand, whatever down to only get back, you know, three and a half to six times my money at the end of the day. Like that's not something that I'm really looking to to invest in over six months where, you know, I think there's just better longer shots that I like a little bit better uh, as well. Yeah, good call on the offensive line. Orlando Brown, Kyle Long, uh, Joe Thune coming over through free agency, um, Creed Humphrey in the draft. So they should be better. I mean, I think they want to make sure that what happened in the Super Bowl, to Benjamin's point, can't be replicated, uh, especially in the division too. So uh, be interested to see what we think of the prop number, Connor. Uh, we look at the Mahomes numbers here, pretty light. Uh, we have 39 and a half passing touchdowns and a tad over 5,000 passing yards. We're pretty strong on the over. We can leverage the tool actually to, to show that here real quick um, where our numbers are projections at four for four versus the prop number. Yeah. So if you want to cue that up here um, onto the screen, we have, um, it looks like a 11.2% value on the, the tool right here. As you can see, 
Um, so I just like filtered for Patrick Mahomes. And then we also like the over on the passing yards. That leaves an interesting prop, actually. DraftKings is floating. Mahomes is plus 400 to break the NFL passing record, um, which now with an extra game, um, I think is actually pretty likely. The passing record uh, is 5,400 something. You know, we haven't projected for 5,549 passing yards, 43 touchdowns, which seems really aggressive. I get it. Um, but you know, kind of like we talked about defense is poor, bolster the offensive line. Um, you know, I think that this is actually a great spot and at plus 400, I don't mind throwing a little bit on that, uh, for something that's just a binary yes, no type of bet. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's a solid bet there. I don't know, Benjamin, do you have any takes on, on Mahomes this year or are you, you fading him or at all? No, I, I bet, I bet on him. Um, and, and I would bet on him on the yardage. I wouldn't bet him on, a, on him for the touchdowns, but I would bet on him for the yardage. The, the, the touchdowns thing is going to be interesting. Cause like I said, you've got two defenses now in the division that are playing that blueprint defense and it's Ben don't break. So they're going to give up a bunch of yards, but they force you to settle for field goals. And we saw that in the Broncos game. We saw that in the Bucks game. The, the teams that play with that style of defense hold the Chiefs to lower point totals. Uh, so, you know, I, as far as the yardage goes, he's still going to get his. The touchdowns, that's the one that concerns me. Gotcha. Totally. Yeah. I actually think that the Mahomes uh, record correlates really well with the under 12 and a half because kind of speaks to what we're talking about, where the defense is vulnerable. It's going to keep him on the field more. I mean, I know that he can hang a really crazy number in three and a half quarters, but like he, uh, <laughs> he, yeah, you he, got to switch yourself off the screen. <laughs> yeah. He can get crazy in three and a half quarters, but if you're going to have four quarters of him more often, like, that's that's a lot of Mahomes, and you're gonna have more 400 yard games, which is pretty interesting. So, um, yeah, I, let's move on to the Chargers. Chargers, we're talking a little bit about them here, with obviously the coaching change and the defensive change. We want to talk about that? Actually, I kind of have some notes on that here. Nine nine and a half is the number at most places. Bet MGM has a nine and a half, so uh, that's the best way to go either way. Because if you like over nine, nine and a half is still good, and you can get the hook if you want to go on the under to get the nine wins there to make the playoffs. They are plus plus one ten. No was minus minus one thirty to win the AFC. They are 18 to one 35 to one to win the super bowl. Those are both at William Hill. Uh, yeah. So new coach, you know, we're, we're done with the uh, Anthony Lynn era. Uh, Brandon Staley, former Rams DC comes in to run the show in uh, LA. And it's interesting. Uh, they're obviously going to need defensively Derwin James, and Joey Bosa to stay healthy. I mean, James in particular. Um, Football Outsiders had some cool stuff on this, looking at just how different this is from what they were running uh, the last couple of years defensively. Um, Chargers only ran one high safety. Uh, They ran it at the second highest rate in the league last year. Staley's Rams ran it at the second lowest rate in the league. Uh, And then the inverse are basically the same. Uh, Staley ran a ton of too high, and then – basically nothing from the, the Chargers. So having Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey on the outside, um, you know, John Johnson, who was terrific, do they have the bodies in-house to execute in year one a really successful defense that worked last year? And like you're saying, Benjamin, is the, you know the, basically the blueprint to the Chiefs. Can they do it this year with what they have on the roster? I don't think so. I'm fading the Chargers bad this year. Um, I, everybody's got them second the division. I think they could finish last, uh, to be honest with you. you. You've got personnel problems. You've got injury history. And then, oh, by the way, this is a very complicated defense that generally takes a minute to get rolling. Uh, it's all middle of the field open. Uh, it's cover four, cover two, cover six. 
Um, and, and the, the occasional zero blitz and Fangio dials up more zeros than, than Staley does. And Staley, of course, is his disciple. So, um, you, you know, I, I, the other part of this is the Anthony Lynn factor. Um, Anthony Lynn's in-game decision-making was kind of, uh, let's call it suspect to be charitable. Uh, <laughs> but the reality is the offense that he crafted for Herbert was phenomenal. Max protect, PA shot plays, taking advantage, you know, buying the rookie a bunch of time and then getting letting your guys who are not exactly the world's greatest track stars get time to get open. Uh, and that's not what David Lombardi Lombardi runs. And if you saw Lombardi as an OC at Detroit, you know how bad that offense was. It's a variant of the Saints offense, but it's not good. Uh, and I'm a little worried about both sides of the football, at least early on for the Chargers. I love Brandon Staley. He's going to be a great coach in this league. Uh, but as far as this season goes, I'm hitting the under on the win total. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not even touching the playoff odds and they're not going to go to the Super Bowl over the AFC conference winners. So, um, you know, I, I, I think they, they have a very good chance of finishing last in the division. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little on the same side. I actually am worried because I think it's going to be really hard to implement, especially early. And their early season schedule is brutal. Um, on the East Coast against Washington, then they host Dallas, and then it's KC, um, Rams, Browns, Ravens. I mean, brutal. Literally some of the best teams in the league. Um, they get the Raiders in there as well, but that's basically a road game at home because – of all the Raiders fans that are still in LA. So yeah, I just don't know that they, I don't know that they have the bodies to do it. And that's even with James and Bosa staying healthy. And then we also historically have had this massive like narrative around second, you know, second year QBs taking a jump. That's off of guys that typically don't have a first year like Herbert. If you look at some of the work that's been done around guys that dominate as rookies, that second year jump sometimes is a second year regression because the bar was so high. Now we'll layer in a new offensive coordinator too. I think it's a little tricky for the Chargers here, Connor. What do you think? So I'm I'm not quite as down on them as you guys are. I think that you know additions of the offensive line by with Corey Lindsley drafting Sean Slater, signing Matt Feeler, you know helps a little bit. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big believer in Herbert in general. So there are some props that I found interesting. Um, so Justin Herbert, uh, 28 and a half passing touchdowns, 4,450 passing yards. Um, we're a smidge over on the passing yards of 4,750, um, but we're way over on the touchdowns of 34.9 pro- projected. Um, he had 31 last year in 16 game season. Um, and I know the coaching staff is, you know, not quite as interesting, but I think it's different. And his touchdown rate last year was, was only 5.2%, 14th in the league. So it's not like it was a massive outlier. Um, it's not like he's due for massive regression in terms of his touchdown rate. So I think that I lean over there at the 17-game season. Um, I, so I like the, the over on the 28-and-a-half passing touchdowns, not touching the passing yards. Uh, and that kind of leans into Keenan Allen as well. We have him projected for 9.6 touchdowns. Uh, he had eight last year with Herbert in just 13-ish games. His line right now is six-and-a-half touchdowns uh, this season. So I, I like the over uh, overs on both of those. I'm not really touching the win totals or anything. I, I do think that they're a volatile team, though. I, I really think that last place that you guys said is definitely in the range of outcomes. I think I'm just a little bit more excited in their offense and the, the potential for that if it take, take, takes a step forward rather than taking like a massive step backwards, which it certainly could. But I also think that there's, there is room for explosion there if everything pans out. Yeah, it's hard not to be bullish on the offense, or at least some of the pieces. I mean, Eckler, Keenan, Mike Williams, you know, even though they have, you know, changing of the guard a little bit in the tight end room, like they still got the dogs there to get it done offensively. I just think it's a big ask defensively to, to do what they're doing and execute a coach's style that worked really well last year. And I imagine he's, I don't want to say that he's got take lock and he's going to just come in and force his hand, but like, why wouldn't he? It's part of his 
it's a system. Like that's his system as a head coach. You're going to implement your thing. So I just think it, if they had the hard schedule at the end, I'd be more, a little bit more interested and think they can, those are some more winnable games in there, but because they play the toughest part of their schedule while they're learning on the go makes me a little nervous. So I, I lean on the under on the nine and a half. If you can get that out there. And then, you know, the secondary too is, is aging. I mean, Casey Hayward and, and Chris Harris Jr., those guys are getting up there in years. You know, how are they going to cover Tyreek Hill and Henry Ruggs and KJ Hamler? Yeah, no, it's true. There's a lot of, a lot of speed uh, at the receiver position in this, uh, in this division. So, no, good call. All right, Benjamin, this is uh, your time to shine. Broncos, uh, eight and a half basically everywhere. Uh, also, plus 110 to make the playoffs, minus 140 to not. Uh, AFC is 22 to 1, 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, draft night, we had Aaron Rodgers is a done deal to Denver. And uh, what are your thoughts? Where are we at with there with that spot? Is that still on the table? And then what's happening at the quarterback position? You're lean right now. Who is starting? Well, let's start with the Aaron Rodgers story. I don't, I can't remember who errantly reported that it was a done deal, but that was never, in fact, they hadn't even made phone calls at that point. So somebody, whoever that was, jumped the gun on that one. Uh, at that, at, at, at this stage, it's on the table. It's just up to Green Bay to answer the phone. Um, if, if Green Bay answers the phone, the Broncos will bring him. He wants to be in Denver. He doesn't want to be in Green Bay. Um, that's, you know, that's that. As it stands, from what I understand, I think, uh, and, and this is based on a conversation that I had this past weekend, from what I understand, Green Bay is trying to convince him to come back for one more year because it's not tactically advantageous to trade him right now and then have him torpedo the draft picks that that, he, that they're going to get back, um, you know, in the trade. So I think they want him to stay one more year, play out the string, and then trade him after the season. And I think that's the compromise they're going to come to. Um, but I, I do believe he winds up in Denver, whether it's this year or next year. Uh, as the team stands right now, um, you should not be betting on the AFC conference or Super Bowl odds. So that's ridiculous. That's a waste of money. Uh, as far as the playoff odds, I think they can make the playoffs and in the win total of eight and a half, I'm hammering the over on that. Um, I think they can get to nine wins in a 17 game season. No problem. Um, the, the question, it just comes down to the quarterback position. I mean, this roster is talented across the board. They might be the deepest receiving core and deepest secondary in the league. Uh, the one, two punch with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And that's not even counting Mike Boone. Uh, they are shopping Royce Freeman. So if you're, if you're into Royce Freeman props, if you're a degenerate like me, um, you might want to pass on those. But, uh, and then you, you know, the tight ends, you got Noah Fant, Albert Okwebenam. I mean, you're, you're, you've got all kinds of weapons and athleticism across the board. Um, you know, it just comes down to the quarterback position. Uh, it's going to be a true competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And I think if you are, uh, if, if you want to bet the props, I mean, like you're, you're kind of hoping that Drew Locke wins the job because Teddy Bridgewater is uh, Alex Smith, but less safe with the football. Um, you know, it's it's a thing like this. This competition is being billed as you know Drew Lock versus the safe option, and Teddy Bridgewater is partly the safe option. I mean, it, it, the most touchdowns he's ever thrown for was last year, and it was fifteen, uh, which is terrible for a season. Uh, he had eleven interceptions last year, and then he kept the fumbles, and he actually had more turnovers than Drew Lock. Uh, so that's you know, as for being the safe option, that's that seems weird. And then Drew Drew threw for sixteen touchdowns in, in what was basically twelve games. Um, you know, he he could do better than that. He's just his team's got to get rid of the drops, and he's got to quit throwing interceptions early in games and putting his team in a hole. Um, so 
if you're looking at the Broncos, um, you know, I, I think you're probably hoping for Drew Locke to win because this team is going to is going to be much less exciting with Teddy Bridgewater. I will say the coaching staff kind of has a playoff, an unspoken playoff mandate. So if you want to bet the the playoffs, yes, and the in the over with that in mind, I think that's that's the way to go. Also, you're getting these guys in the third year of this defense, which, like I said, very complicated, takes a while to get going uh, and, and learn it all. Um, and you got a bunch of returning guys. You know, like last year, this team had eight starters out on defense halfway through the season. It was still, still, you know, the number one red zone defense in the NFL. Uh, they get, they get, they're incredibly deep in the secondary. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, uh, Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller, Patrick Sertan, Ronald Darby. I mean, they're just, you know, the weak link, as it were, it would be the off ball linebackers. Josie Jewell is, uh, uh, his athletic profile is, is similar to mine. Um, and then you got uh, you know Alexander Johnson, who's uh, who's okay, but he's just been misused. They've been bringing him downhill. So, uh, and then you got Von Miller returning. Bradley Chubb's finally healthy, coming off the ACL from two years ago, and the entire defensive line that was injured last year is back. And Shelby Harris, who might be the big hit in the NFL, Mike Purcell, the underrated nose, and then the guy to keep your eye on, the sleeper here, Raymond Jones, who's going to be taking over for uh, uh, the other end spot. He had six and a half sacks last year in, in limited reps. Uh, now he's going to be a starter and, and, and be on the field all the time. I, I think he could be a breakout player, and I'm not sure what the over-under prop is for his sack total, but I would hammer the over. Love it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Broncos inside. Uh, it doesn't yeah. get any more inside on both sides of the ball there for sure. Uh, the bull case for Locke, like you said, is it was year one under uh, the OC, Pat Shermer. Uh, mm-hmm. you massive old line injuries, which you laid out. I mean, like I think like top three in the league from like, – projected starters missed starts it was it was absolutely brutal and Cortland Sutton was out you know that's a that's another massive you know just the trickle down effect of how it shifts everyone else's roles and there is a little bit more degaff in his game well you know a little bit more of that uh, Jameis almost right where it's like sometimes it's hard but you see these flashes and you're like damn like that second half in Atlanta mm-hmm. and that was like like all right like this kid there's it's there somewhere sometimes uh, Connor, how about some props on the Broncos here? We, we don't have any quarterback props because we obviously don't have a quarterback. Uh, there's some Cortland Sutton and then Javante Williams, who in the fantasy space seems to be the favorite. There's enough there. Um, you're starting to see where obviously we have a prop for him. You know, Benjamin mentioned Mike Boone, who's not. Uh, Mike Boone, I think, is better than a Jag. It, there's a lot of talent yeah, there. Like, he, you know, so I was excited about Mike Boone before the Javante Williams pick, but. Um, it could I guess before I kick it to you, Connor, I'll go back to Benjamin real quick. As far as like Melvin Gordon, is there any trade market there? Is is that somewhere the Rams can go with what just happened? With are they going to hold him? He's the starter. Like that's that's the thing. The fantasy guys are jumping on Javante, but Melvin Gordon is the starter for the Broncos, and will probably okay. see sixty percent of the go. carries at least early on. Now, uh, the idea, the plan here, because Melvin's got that, he's got a two million dollar roster bonus that triggers like next week. Um, so they're, they're not going to trade him. Like he's, he's owed $6 million for the year. They're going to ride him until they're going to run him into the ground. And then, you know, next year, Javante will take over. So if you're a dynasty fantasy guy, stockpile Javante. But if you're playing for this year, like best ball, that's, that's not your, that's not your bread and butter. Javante will be in a rotation. He's probably 30% of the carries. Awesome. So Connor, we, uh, our number is 726, which is short of what's pro- uh, put out there at minus 800. Sounds like we should be. Hammering the under. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was my lead too. And I was going to ask him that question, but I mean, you answered it pretty well. So I would say like, if you're waiting up until the season um, and Melvin Gordon is still there, nothing has happened. Both of them are healthy. Like, I think that you could probably like hammer the under on Javante Williams, not maybe not the rushing yards, but the touchdowns seven and a half uh, they're projecting. Uh, Yeah. With his over under, Uh, we haven't projected for five, which still seems like a lot, 
Um, yep. So I like the under there for sure, especially like right before the season, just put it all on that, I think, especially if they're both healthy and on the roster. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, Mel- Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, he's got a year's experience in this offense too. It's, it's they're, they're just the plan here with the 17 game season is to be able to rotate those guys a little bit. And, but I, I still think that, that Melvin Gordon, based on everything I saw, I mean, like, not to dog the guy, but Javante's first rep at, at OTAs, he ran right smack into the backside of the guard. He's just not, he's just not ready. Here's another little reason I think you can be bullish on the Broncos here scheduling pieces we know that like going to denver in september historically has been pretty good for them that's going to work out they open with back-to-back road games so that stinks they miss a couple of those opportunities but they're against the giants and the jags then they head home for their opener against the jets that's a nice that's a nice little start um their wonky opponent due to the 17th game being added is a home game against the lions yeah that's advantageous um, and then That's four dubs right there. Then their week 18 game is KC. There's a non zero percent chance that that 18 week game for KC means very little. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then Denver could be fighting for playoff spot, just a win. Like that's not a team that's going to be, you know, it's not Fangio. He's going to, they're not mailing it in week 18. If it means nothing for the chiefs, they're going for the win. So there's some things in the schedule that work out pretty favorably for them too. some hidden, uh, hidden wins in there perhaps. So, yeah, I'm in on the Broncos uh, over eight and a half. So Raiders will wrap us up. Seven wins, number across the board. They are uh, plus 350 to make the playoffs, minus 500 to miss, 65 to one to win the AFC, uh, 80 to one to win it all. This is year four of uh, John Gruden part two. six years <laughs> remaining. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of really nice draft capital to spend over the last couple of years. I, I know that that's Mayock, but it's, it also definitely feels like Gruden is very influential there. Uh, and as he should be with that type of contract, they just really haven't got much from it. I'm really surprised at how efficient their offense was last year. Don't really believe that they can do that again. And the defense is questionable. Benjamin, what are your thoughts on the Raiders? Uh, questionable might be the nicest way that defense has been described. I, I thought it was a great move going from uh, Oakland to Las Vegas because Las Vegas has no D in it either. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, that, that's the thing. This offense is good, though. They're the one offense that can go toe-to-toe with Kansas City, and I do think they can keep it up. They, they, their offense is good. Um, they, you know, and with Henry Ruggs getting a second year, starting to develop and all that, they, they can be some. Edwards looks like a breakout player. They, they've got Waller. They've got Jacobs. They, the only question there is that line, rebuilding that line. You know, where's that at? Um, but Carr's a better quarterback than people give him credit for. He's not the sexiest. He certainly doesn't like to push the ball down the field, but he's efficient. Uh, and that works within the confines of what Gruden wants to do, uh, similar to the way uh, Rich Gannon was back in the day. You know, Gannon was highly efficient. Didn't want to throw the ball down the field at all, but highly efficient underneath. Mm-hmm. And that's what works for Gruden. Now they're switching from a Tampa two to a cover three defense, uh, which is weird because both of those defenses are completely outdated. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I, look, it's just like they're catching up to they're catching up to eight years ago with the cover three now, which was just weird. But uh, they drafted what three safeties, one of which may actually play safety. Um, so it's you know it, it's 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 just a weird the Mayock thing is it's just weird to me because the, a lot of the people the, the the pieces that they placed a premium on are guys that could have had much later, um, and and that's the thing I don't think they can stop anybody so you're going to have to outshoot them uh, and that, that that's the question that I think they've got the offense to go toe to toe with Kansas City the question is can they generate turnovers on defense because if they can't they're going to lose football games. I think they can get to eight wins. Um, that seven is kind of a tasty little number there. 
uh, because I think that's the you know that'd be the push. But uh, I, I'm certainly not betting on them to make the playoffs. Definitely not betting on them for them to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, the offensive line worries me. It was strange, you know, with Rodney Hudson moving on and just. That that's a big question mark. And then Henry Ruggs, like I was really surprised how they used him last year. There was nothing really like at or around the line of scrimmage. It was you know a lot of deep stuff. It was the dummy route guy. Yeah, and it was like they did it with Aguilar too on the other side, but it works. You know, so <laughs> I'm interested to see how that works. John Brown comes in. They'll need Edwards to step up, like you mentioned. Hunter Renfro is a guy that's just like. He's, he's a guy, uh, you know, but does his job really well, right? But, like, you know, not moving the needle per se. The defense you mentioned, too, like some of the draft picks. I mean, they, Yannick Ngakwe comes in as an edge rusher, but he's kind of a one-trick pony. Like, he's not a really good run guy. Their run D's pretty terrible. Um, Cleveland Farrell, I think, is one of the guys you referenced. Definitely could have gone or been available a little bit later. They had another pick in that that round, too, first-round pick. Like, it's just been kind of just a mess I'm going to short them pretty much everywhere. Like I, I cashed a nice ticket on Josh Jacobs rushing under last year, comfortable going back to the well there. I think Kenyon Brake is kind of the best number two that they've had since Jacobs been there. I like the player, but like they seem to not like him enough to give him passing down work. He's basically a first and second down positive game script guy. And if they're going to be losing a lot of games, bad offensive line, there's not going to be some of the opportunities he had early last year where they were in some shootouts and they were in some games. Connor, what do you think here? Anything that jumps out to you with the Raiders? Yeah, so I, I took a little bit of under seven, seven and a half, but that was like a while ago. At seven, I'm not really playing it. Um, I mean, they're only favored in five games using look-ahead lines, and those games are uh, at home against Chicago, Cincinnati, Washington football team, Denver, and L.A. Chargers. I well, mean, those are all – yeah, I mean that was the look ahead line again, and that's what I'm. I'm bullish on Washington too. I think that Washington should win that game, but I think that all the other ones, uh, I mean, are those are pretty close to toss ups in my opinion. And I think that you know the the Raiders deserve to be favored maybe by like two and a half to three in all those games, but they could very easily lose some of those. Maybe win some other ones, but I think it's going to be very tough for them to to make too much of a run, especially with the offensive line lost three of five starting offensive linemen, like you guys mentioned. Uh, the Alex Leatherwood pick was really interesting. His over-under on draft day was like 45, I think, or 40-something, and they picked him in the teens. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, you know, Mayock and Mayock or whatever, Gruden going Gruden, you know, whoever's making the decisions there. Um, so I, I think that this, again, the defense, you guys mentioned a lot of it there, dead last in run DEPA last year, 27th in pass DEPA, didn't really add much outside of Yannick Ngakwe, who obviously is a good player, but, you know, that's not enough to transform their defense from a bottom dweller to – uh, you know, maybe even league average would be, I think, an awesome se- season for them if that happens. Um, but yeah, some, we have some props here. Uh, Carr, 25 and a half passing touchdowns, 4,050 passing yards. Um, we have over on the passing yards, which I think, you know, makes sense. Um, we Pretty have 4,500. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I think that that's a solid order. bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, touchdowns, I think, are about right. Um, you know, I think you can lean over there as well, but. Um, Probably not. The Josh Jacobs one, I think, is big. I found like a rogue 1,150 rushing yards for all the same reasons Noonan mentioned. I took the under there. I probably played 1,052. The issue is, though, is if they do end up being a good team, that bet's pretty much sunk because they're going to feed Jacobs anytime they're in like, you know, slightly positive game script, it seems like. So 
But with the, with the bad offensive line, you know, he might not be as efficient as he has been in the yeah, past. Yeah, because they were decent last year, and they had games, and he still fell short of that number. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, but you do you remember some of those games though, where they were like winning, and he just like you know had like twenty something carries, hundred something yards, was just plotting his way there. Like that's what I'm scared about. That that's the only my only hesitant. Yeah, I just do think that Drake is the best number two. So I think they'll lean Jacobs, but I think there's more. You're like more likely to see Drake than you were Jalen. Do you Rashawn. think he has like so, like a bigger early down role? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I think he's way more likely to. I get okay. it. There's way more outs on the under. Yeah, Drake will, Drake will lead into those numbers in a way that Richard and, and Theo Riddick and Devin, you know, Vin Booker mm-hmm. weren't. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the, the thesis behind the continued short of Jacobs. Pretty, pretty straightforward. All right, uh, well, that wraps up the AFC West. Um, before I let you go, Benjamin, you talk to me about any other things that jump out, any other bets? Because I know, on top of being plugged into everything in the NFL. I've seen some big winners shared for me. So I know that you've got some stuff. Do you have any futures out there that jump out to you? Well, let's, let's get away from the AFC West for a second. What's uh, what's the number on Washington to win the division? Because I, I, I would hammer that. Um, I think Washington's going to win the East and, and they're going to run away with it, to be honest with you. Um, the only, the only team I think that could, that could give them any trouble at all is Dallas. Um, you know, I, Philadelphia might be, might be one of the four worst teams in football. And then, uh, uh, you know, the Giants, I, I don't know, they can put the offense together. Um, that, that's that's a thing. Can Saquon stay healthy? Can Daniel Jones, you know, put it together? So um, th- that Washington number, whatever that is, that's that's one I would take a look at. Um, Plus 250. It was okay. – uh, we did the NFC East, and I was – all of our favorite yeah. bet on the board was yeah. okay. over uh-huh. – their overwin total and uh, them to win the division. So it's awesome. Um, there's uh right now they, they somebody somebody had me on the other uh, I think it was the VSIN or whatever we were talking MVP odds or whatever and uh, where's Matt Ryan in that conversation because I, I think he's the dark horse for for MVP with Arthur Smith running the offense there um, you know Matt Ryan's been able to put up incredible numbers without max protect sets that he, that he's going to get now um, so I, I really think that he's he's going to be if the if the Falcons can field any semblance of a defense um, he's going to be in that conversation. Um, you know, I, the comeback player of the year, I think that's what, Dak or C-Mac or, you know, yep. one of those guys. I think yeah. those are probably the two best. That's probably the chalk. Um, the, the sneaky play is like the field if you can snap up Von Miller, um, you know, if because he's, he's in great shape. So that's kind of the sneaky play. If you got a couple mm-hmm. extra bucks, you want to throw at something. Um, don't bet on Trey Lance uh, to be the starter early in uh, with the Ooh. Niners. They're going to bring him along slow. Um and then the interesting, there's an interesting thing coming out of New England right now with this this dual quarterback thing, um, with uh, Mac Jones kind of being the between the twenties quarterback and Cam Newton oh, being the red zone wow. guy. So I'm not sure what the props are on on Cam and getting those touchdowns, but uh, that might be an interesting one for people to look into. Goal line back Cam here to stay. <laughs> wow, love that! Great information. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean Dak, I feel like is the chalk in the comeback, but that, I like the Von Miller thought there a lot because I feel like we're in agreement like that that defense I think can be really good and if you're looking at some of like the forward projecting around like schedules passing efficiency stuff like the Broncos defensive schedule lines up to be pretty advantageous as well so you know some not some great quarterbacks coming their way so love it Benjamin I really appreciate you coming on um, tell everyone where they can find your stuff and make sure they don't miss you yeah, um, we got a little night show on uh, on KOA 850. It's heard in 32 states, Canada and Mexico. So if you got AM radio, you can listen to Broncos Country tonight, even though it's titled Broncos. We talk about all football uh, around the country. And, of course, you can, as always, unfollow me at Albright NFL on Twitter. It's a, it's a dumpster fire. I wouldn't follow me. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Did we get the tacos? 
Oh, uh, I've, I've got it on hold. I was waiting. I want to give you guys my oh, attention. Dude, what oh, a guy. This oh, is... I appreciate that. <laughs> I was so excited to, to get, uh, you know, a little bit of Instagram, you know, just a uh, picture of your food here. To... <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll throw it up on the web here in a little bit when I get done, but actually I'm interested in your, your tool there though. That's uh, that's, that fascinates me. That's, that's a tool that's sorely needed in this market space. You guys are really going to capitalize on that. Yeah. We're, we're hoping we do It is, uh, just, yeah, the, the input is really important too. And like I said, I mean, we have consistent in the industry, uh, top line projections that helps a lot. And they're constantly tinkered. So you have that for um, our betting subscription. It gives you everything again on the site. And then also they're going to be updated for the season as well. So in season props, we'll be able to continue to attack that market each and every week. We had a really cool similar prop for the NBA. We're going to have some uh, great stuff. We're not done with the football tools. So yeah. definitely check that out dot com slash plans. I have a link here in the podcast notes. So Benjamin, appreciate it, man. Go get those tacos uh, for Benjamin Connor. I'm Ryan. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.